0: Welcome everyone to a new and exciting episode of All Things Rotary CDS podcast. Pretty pretty excited about this one. Uh, We're kind of switching up the format a little bit and diving into a little bit different strategy going forward for at least for this for this particular episode. And to kind of lay the groundwork a little bit, let me explain a little bit where we came from. So In the last couple months, our team has spent uh, a considerable amount of time with the district governor elects. We've done virtual presentations with them and trainings. We've gone to governor elect trainings all across the country and the world, for that matter, in our global CDS team. And we've really been energized and excited to hear a lot about the ideas and kind of the work that's happening at the governor elect level, soon to be governors next year. And because of that, we thought, well, well, how can we harness this? How can we harness these great ideas and really put them into a format where we can talk about some of these amazing ideas that they're having? While we would love to have every single governor-elect in which we came in contact on the show, we just really can't do that. That's not feasible. And so we ended up doing is we sent out a survey to a handful of governor-elects and we asked them a specific question. And the question was, our research has shown that the most important part of rotary is the club experience if you had unlimited resources what innovative change would you introduce to elevate the club experience and so this question went out to a handful of governor-elects and they came back with some really fascinating ideas and comments and so what we're going to do on this particular episode is we're going to kind of debate and discuss some of these ideas that came out of this question in a more casual conversation format. Uh, I guess I'm a little late to do this, but let me introduce myself as you all, if you've been listening to this show for the last couple of years, you already know me. My name is Nick Taylor. I'm the supervisor of the CDS North America's team, and I'm here alongside my colleague and compadre, Michael DeGrandis hey everyone how's it going I know you guys all know Nick really
1: well at this point you're used to his voice but i'm excited to get a bit more talking time now um i know Nick this is your your podcast baby and you've been doing this for a long time but i'm excited to jump into some of these different topics today and especially as my mentor you know talking through some of the some of the things that rotarians are thinking
0: about absolutely let's do it so let's just dive right in um, I let's just go to the first kind of topic question Michael if you want to lay the groundwork for that and then we'll kind of come up with our own thoughts and, uh, after that so go ahead yeah
1: yeah so uh, of all the responses that we got we surveyed right around 15 to 20 different district governor-elects um and a lot of the things that we got back from the response of having unlimited resources unlimited whatever it is um how would you change rhetoric it kind of boiled down to a couple different topics and the, and the first one of those and one of the most I don't want to say prominent, but one of the bigger things that came up was having lowered dues um, and kind of lowering that barrier to entry for whoever wants to join this wonderful organization that we're all a part of. So to set that, I'm going to kind of explain just our side from CDS a little bit more of the logistical things about dues. So um, there's a couple of different types of dues, just so everyone is aware who's listening. Uh, we have international dues, which come directly from Rotary International, from us. We have club dues, that clubs can specify in their bylaws how much people will pay either on a yearly or on a half on a semi-yearly
0: basis um and then district dues that could potentially be added in there as well nick am i forgetting any uh no i think i think you, you nailed them yeah so and, and that's really such an important thing to clarify is because i think like you know rotary international builds a club and then a club kind of builds their members right and oftentimes the members just get one charge, like two hundred and fifty dollars a quarter or something like that, and they don't actually understand where it comes from, and so they might say, "Oh, Rotary International is charging us so many or so much money or for dues or whatever it may be," and they don't understand that they're like you just said, Michael. Like there's Rotary International dues, there's club dues, there's district dues, and that type of you know stuff going down, and so they're all kind of bundled into one.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that does tend to get a little bit confusing. But at the same time, uh, you know, the purpose of this podcast, and the purpose of having this conversation is saying, hey, there there are some differences here. You know, there's certain things that you can expect from us. There's certain things that you can always expect from your district. Um, And then there's conversations that you can have with your club about, hey, maybe, you know, we've been having this same bill structure for a long time. Like, maybe we don't need to pay for food. Maybe we can change this. Um, And I don't want to spoil and get into everything beforehand. But now that we've had the chance to talk about that, Nick, let's just kind of talk about maybe your experience in your club Um, and maybe not jumping into the particulars of what you guys pay, things like that. But um, can you kind of paint a picture?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think this, this concept is so interesting and I honestly like oscillate between like, yeah, we need to lower dues for everyone. And then, you know, I've heard counter arguments to this and like, you know, just saying, well, like you got to, if you have a product that's worthwhile, like people will pay for it kind of thing. So it is interesting because I do hear both arguments, but and, and i've told this story to you michael before and sharing it now with the podcast audience i was just at a rotary club chartering ceremony just a couple months ago and you know this is vibrant new clubs super diverse different ages different you know walks of life different uh industries like everything it was really really cool and there was one member who was there and he actually wasn't a member of that club he had just joined another club um in the area but he was there to kind of celebrate with everyone And somebody introduced him to me and they were like, oh, you have to meet so-and-so, you know, we'll call him Bill for this story's purpose. And they're like, Bill, he was, um, he, he was a youth exchange. He was interact. He was early act. He was Rotoract. He did Ryla. He did. And just like literally did every program that you could imagine. And I mean, like, I think in an ideal world, like, People would grow up through Rotary and all the programs, and then they would join Act or Rotary, you know, and kind of be bought in for life, right? That's kind of like the the goal. And um and and I asked him, I was like, well, because there was like a 10-year period. She was this person was her his sponsor, and she was like, We finally got him to join Rotary. And there was like a 10-year period between Rotaract and Rotary where he didn't do anything with Rotary. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, what was it? What was it in those 10 years? what happened? What was going on there? And his answer was dues. Like, it was money. It was financial. He's like, I just couldn't spend, you know, like all the clubs near him were $1,000 baseline or something like that for, you know, a year. But then there's other dues associated like, you know, then he wanted to give to the foundation and he felt bad because he couldn't donate a lot or like there were other projects he wanted to attend and that would record. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like there's so much involved outside of just the dues that like are part of it. And finances was his number one reason. So I was like, wow, that's really amazing because like he was all in, bought in, like, you know, emotionally but just financially just couldn't get there. So and I don't I think, And I think that that's an
1: interesting kind of delicate balance, especially when we're having this conversation is you take someone like that, who was doing Rila, who was doing Interact, who's, did they do exchange? Yeah, I they mean, did they, everything. Regardless, yeah. they've, they've done basically every single thing that you can do before you join a Rotary club. Um, and they're not able to join a club because of money. But at the same time, you know, we want to think about these experiences that these other clubs are having in and around Arizona. You know, we don't want to discount and say that, you know, them spending maybe a thousand dollars on dues is bad. And that's not something that like
0: you shouldn't do, but we do have to think about that barrier to entry. Um, Yeah. And and I think like the big thing with this one that I find interesting is like, it's not just dues. Like you can have a $10 due structure or... Yeah, like you can you can lower dues to a low amount to almost nothing, right? But if you're still like having meetings at a restaurant and like, you know, the maybe you don't have to eat, but everyone else eats, so then you want to eat. And then, you know, let's say you do happy bucks, but then, you know, people aren't donating $1. I can't tell you how many meetings I've been to for happy bucks, which for those that don't know, it's like you bring some cash and, you know, you you say something good and you give it to the person and it goes to the rotary foundation, right? So it's like, it's a practice that happens, but like how many times somebody is like, Oh, here's a dollar, here's a dollar. And then somebody's like, well, here's $20. You know what I mean? And then like all of a sudden the ante has been raised and it's like, well, these are the types of practices that like, are we really thinking through that are making it welcoming for those that maybe don't want to give $20. Maybe they don't want to give $1. Also who has cash anymore these days, but like, or like, (laughs) you know, you go to a gal, like you have a gala or you, you, you know, you have all these extra activities. And so I think like you have to think of dues or like finances, you have to think holistically, you can't just blame dues. But with that being said, dues is a good place to start. Um, And I think from like a member attraction, Uh, point it is easier maybe for like this individual to say like listen we have lower dues and you know then the barrier to entry isn't as high and to give you an example my personal rotary club the rotary club of global action in district 5150 in san francisco we're an e-club and so we don't meet in a location we don't have you know our club dues are extremely low because we don't have operating costs for the most part we meet on zoom and, you know, we still have money to send, you know, our president-elect to pets and stuff like that. But overall, like, it's just, you know, it's it's so minimal that, like, it, it, it really isn't a burden financially on a lot of people. But with that being said, it can be. And so we do have a scholarship program kind of thing where people, like, can can pay more in dues. And then that extra money... Uh, will go towards a scholarship that is anonymous, that people can, you know, if they can't make the quite a full amount, because also like from an equity standpoint, we charge in US dollars and that's the dues are the same for everyone in the whole world. So whether you're in mm-hmm. Australia, Asia, you know, uh Africa, no matter where it is, like it's the same amount. And so that way, like, you know, y- inflation, you know, values is they're all different all around the world so it's it's just a way to really make everyone do you do you you see a lot of people in your club taking advantage of that scholarship oh I have no idea it's anonymous yeah so I'm not sure and that's the beauty of it is like you know I don't know I'm not a club board member and so it kind of works out in a way that like people join people are included people are happy and no one you know no one needs to know kind of thing Yeah, that's
1: really cool. And and I think through a lot of conversations, I've heard of similar ideas of holding fundraisers um, outside or sorry, within the club, Um, but fundraisers specifically for new members to join or, you know, someone will step up and and help maybe pay for like half of a year in that way. Uh, But I think that's actually really cool that you have
0: like an option for... For members to pay maybe a little bit more in dues or people who can afford it um that's one that i haven't actually not heard of before yeah and there's so many different like flexibility options out there and i i this is what we always say and you've heard me say this when we travel it's like I almost like want to challenge people to come up with ideas. And then like, for me, it's like a game. Cause I want to show them how it can be done. Right. Cause I think yeah. so many people are like, well, I want to do this, but I know RI won't let him, let us. And I always want to say like, bet, like, I promise you, yeah. we can't kind of thing. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah. We can find a way we can find a way.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so like, I think there's a lot of ways that people can really do different options that work. Right. So like you have a family membership, you have a corporate membership. Like these are, These are different ways that like, you know, if you go to a company and you say, hey, like we want to offer you, you know, like some spots in our Rotary Club and then the company pays for it. And then, you know, one member from that company might come and join and then somebody else might join another week. Same with the family membership, right? So family membership is kind of designed where like a family pays, but then one member of the family goes to the uh, meetings and then you kind of take turns depending on who's available but or you do you know like there's so much flexibility within and that And I do, do and I do want to take the opportunity just cuz we are talking about different membership types
1: what matters does is is as long as we know that you are paying the international dues the 3750 and change right around 90 to 100 a year depending on your state you have so much flexibility in your club in your district to take advantage of those like family plan, or not family plans, um, family memberships, corporate memberships. And you have so many different creative ways that you can make that affordable to someone. So um, I just wanted to underscore that while we're, while we're yeah. on that topic, because that's, for me, that kind of feels like, you know, not something that's not being taken advantage of, but something that can be an incredible opportunity moving forward um, to bring people who've never seen Rotary and where barrier is a cost, where maybe that member who was part of Ryla Um, you know, gets a group of friends together
0: and then they join and maybe switch Mm. off. Um, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and the, and the key is you got to ask your members, you, you know, you'll never know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And if you've always done it a certain way and you're kind of, you know, staying at that 20, 30, 40, 50 member may, and you're not really changing much, then, you got to you got to ask your members you got to find out what's working what's not working and then be willing to adapt and um the last thing on this topic because i I do want to get to the other questions that came through is Mm -hmm. i do just want to say a really easy way of lowering your dues and also being within policy is not including donations into the dues so we do hear this all the time um unfortunately it's not within our policy to allow it but it does happen is, you know, people will build in like a hundred dollars worth of donations every year to the Rotary Foundation in your dues. That way they can be like an every year, every Rotarian paying, you know, there's that award that they get. And, um, And you can't do that. Donations to the foundations are designed to be 100% volunteer-based. And, you know, it it shouldn't be a requirement. And so if you do have donations as a built-in part of your dues, just take that out. And, you know, have people altruistically want to give to the foundation. And then that can automatically lower those dues. But, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And you do have, if you do have questions, if you're listening, reach out to your CDS officers uh, for ideas, reach out to your regional membership officers, shout out to them. They have an amazing team and they're also super knowledgeable with this whole idea of like membership engagement and uh, you know, member flexibility that they can also help. We, you know, we're we all work together in that sense. Uh, Let's, let's jump to the next one, which yeah, it's a little bit about kind of like technology and inclusivity and so a lot of people talked about a couple different things um you know if they had unlimited resources they would offer daycare options for you know their members they would have better technology to like actually do a hybrid meeting really really well uh a lot of people talked about music and a great presentation so kind of you know we're we're all kind of going back to this club experience idea and so uh, that's kind of one, one, one main or a couple main themes of, you know, some of the questions that came through. And yeah. I think this really does kind of continue on with the same concept of the do's of just like flexibility and doing what works best for your club experience.
1: Yeah. And I think um, if I can steal it from you, Nick, just to talk about um, kind of the inclusivity and flexibility. Before we jump into technology, because I, I have some interesting thoughts on where they're coming from with technology as governors mm-hmm. elect and being sure. exposed to the more international side, um, is daycare. Uh, yeah. Nick and I recently actually just had a club reach out. It was in one of your districts, I believe, Nick. Uh, Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado, we were talking about. So we we're talking about daycare and you know the feasibility of that within a club. And there's, there's kind of a lot from our side and from policy that comes along with that. You know, you have to make sure that you have people with youth protection backgrounds. You have to make sure that you have um, insurance for youth and making sure that um, the kids are going to be taken care of. And it's a fantastic idea, you know, being able to provide daycare for children so that, you know, you can come to a service project. And then maybe you don't have to worry about your kids and some of the more older members can hang out together. But Nick, what what uh, did you tell me about this club and, and what have they done to try to implement daycare?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we, and just before I go into that specific example, yeah, I just want to yeah. piggyback off of what you're saying, Michael, is like, we've seen a huge push in the last couple of years of clubs trying to be more family oriented, right? And like, how can we make it so that both, you know, or all the members of the family, family can enjoy, whether they're a member or not, but like, whether that mm-hmm. be a service project or a club meeting or whatever it may be. And so, you know, it doesn't, and daycare, I think is an interesting aspect of that. So like, if you can't make it to where your meeting is, you know, exciting, if you're going to have somebody come and speak like about, you know, environmental uh, responsibility, maybe your eight-year-old isn't going to be that interested. I have an eight-year-old, love him, but he probably wouldn't care, right? And so what other options can you do? So this particular, it's a satellite club that's being formed in Colorado. Shout out to District 5470. Um, with this innovative idea is they're actually partnering with the local YMCA. And so they asked, they approached the YMCA in their town to say like, Hey, we'd love to have our rotary club meetings here. We'd love to kind of, you know, work with you on this. And the YMCA was super excited because they see this as a win, win, win situation for everyone, because they're like, oh, if people are meeting in our in our buildings, maybe they become members, you know, they maybe we get to do service projects with the Rotary Club. And then they even, the YMCA went as far to offer daycare options for the members. So, you know, if the parents or, you know, if the guardians, whoever it may be, need to have their kids do something while they're in the Rotary Club meeting, they could go play basketball or go, you know, enjoy whatever the facilities are at the YMCA. And that way, like, everyone kind of benefits from it. I yeah. don't know. It was a really cool and I, idea.
1: And I, I I thought when you initially told me like, what a cool idea, you know, we are always spreading the message of you need to be as connected with your community as possible, right? YMCA is just another tool to do that. And, and what a great way for two organizations, and I don't want to say from our level, but a club to partner with the YMCA where, you know, you're not only talking with more people in your community at that point, but you're also providing accessibility for others who might want to be a part of know the service project or your club meetings or whatever it is through, through, um, having a day here and like, it just gives you so much flexibility. And I think that that's interesting. I, I always think it's really cool when you hear about clubs that are partnering with other organizations, especially when they're really successful, whether it be partnering with like a zoo to throw a district conference, um, or even at just like a random club event where, you know, you're partnering with the YMCA and suddenly more people can come and you've meet, you've met a new face because this happened. Yeah, i'm, I'm kind of skating my brain thinking of different different partnerships um that people have done cuz i know there's been so many
0: well i think there's a difference between being in a community and being in the community right like so like really partnering with other organizations in that community and it's not just like oh rotary's here and they do their own thing Versus like Rotary's here and they're in everything, you know, they're, they really are involved. And I think that is like, when you talk about brand awareness and like public image and that type of thing, like that's like, what a great way of like ingratiating and really initiating yourself into the community so that you're really a part of that community. Um, and, and with that kind of partnership ideas, the other part of this question um, or the, these answers was around technology, which I thought was interesting. Um, and and I think that this is a super fascinating topic. And the reason why I think a lot of people brought up technology was because of the answer at, or the question that we asked, which was like, if you had unlimited resources, what would you do? And a lot of people talked about music, uh, presentation, technology. Uh, media and then hybrid meetings and so maybe your club doesn't have all the money and resources to have the top-notch uh, you know technology to do these types of things but maybe somebody else in your community does and maybe you speak on this whole line with partnerships is like maybe that's an opportunity to build a partnership with another uh, organization, university even, or like, you know, somebody else where you can have club meetings there and use that technology. I did hear of one situation in uh, 5150 in San Francisco where they did meet at a university, uh, right? You know, as COVID obviously is still a thing. And so they were doing um, hybrid meetings and a lot of their members still wanted to uh, participate. But in order to get good enough technology and sound, because we've all been in meetings for hybrid meetings where it's not good, and when it's not mm-hmm. good, it's rough, right? Uh, and yeah. so, yeah they they were able to use the university's technology to really like make it happen and do it at a high level. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting. So, I, it, immediately when I when I saw this, Nick and I just had the uh, the chance to go to Zones Twenty Six and Twenty Seven Institute, and I kind of had the thought. I think that they're thinking about these things because they've all just come from their governor-elect trainings and, you know, they've had speakers and they've seen presentations and there's been light shows. And I think there's kind of two sides to this technology thing. There's on one hand, when you're throwing events, um, you want to make sure that you can have a presentation that shows cool videos of what you've done in your community or what RI has done around the world. You also want to have like speakers and make sure you have microphones, maybe like an AV team, which, yes, again, those things are a little bit expensive and they would cost more money. But on the other hand, we have kind of the hybrid meeting side where you want to make sure that you can interact with as many people as you can within your community, but also give them the access to join your meetings, if that makes sense. So I've kind of seen it as like two different sides. And it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, um, I think, from the governor-elect's perspective to see these big events and to be like, dang, I want to go back to my club. And I wanna go back to my district and I wanna empower all of these districts to be able to throw big events. And there's two things that come immediately to my mind. So number one would be leveraging the people that you have within your district or even within your club that might have a media background so that maybe they can, maybe their company that they work for could donate a projector or they could give you different AV equipment. And number two would just be, group projects between different clubs within your district. I just had the opportunity to go um, to District 5220, shout out to District 5220 in uh, Lodi, California, It's or er, specifically in Stockton. Um, they just had an event where they brought four different clubs together. One of them actually chartered in the past two years um, and they were able to put on a huge, huge production. Um, they held it at a, at a fairly big event center and they had, I think it was 120 different people show up they had a keynote speaker. Um, they had a big podium. They were able to ring the bell when the event started. Um, but they also had lights and things. And, you know, I, I asked, well, Risby, who's the current district governor, I said, hey, how do you guys kind of pull this together? They said, we have a lot of people. I mean, we're in California. You know, we have a lot of people in our community that work within this space. And they actually bring all of those materials to the club meeting. And I don't think that the district owns all of those things. So they've done a good job in the sense of, of leveraging their connections that they have um nick i don't know if you have any thoughts on that
0: no i i, I agree i mean i think it's fantastic i think this whole idea is like you want to use the resources that you have available and, and i think this is funny because the question that we asked was if you had unlimited resources and all we've done over the last 25 minutes or so is talk about like how they don't need extra resources to do all these things that you know was once pitched to us and i think that's the theme of this podcast episode is like even you know even if you had unlimited resources like you could do x y and z but you can also do it right now and you you know there's different ways of of accomplishing all of these goals and really just you know asking members what they need asking members what they want and then just using whatever resources you have whether it be other clubs whether it be the district whether it be other community organizations and i think you can really accomplish a lot that way
1: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today for episode 21 of our podcast. We hope that you're able to take away something impactful from these ideas. And don't hesitate to reach out to our CDS team if you want to talk about these ideas or others that you might want to implement in your club or district. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.